Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted. What up, dog? Jimmy. PJ. Be Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Full with the topics, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates sweep their minds a little bit. For sports medicine, sports veterans and greats. The four for 26, so the war in Kuwait is the war room. With five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good, everybody out there in War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On, of course, the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the boy, Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, Jimmy the Blueprint. We're going to have to styles and jade of this joint this week because uh, B. Austin is not in the fold, as, as Tobias would say. He, he's out load managing, so we should hear from him. Next week, but we're in week seven of life being trash due to the coronavirus, COVID-19. But we're in the building and we got to, you know, we're going to talk some NFL draft with Fred Purdue a little bit later. So keep it locked right here in the war room. Again, um, as, as we haven't in the past five weeks or so, we probably won't be going the whole two hours tonight or for the foreseeable future. But if you want to get in on the conversation, you can sign in right now to the Botherhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline during the show. That number, as it is every week, 323-410-0012. Before we get started, like we always do, just got to remind you guys, make sure during the week, we're not live on the air, that you guys remember to check out archive episodes of our show and all the other shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Now, you can do this in several places. Uh, the main place, warroomsports.com. That's the hub. You can find all of the shows there. You can find uh, our show, The War Room, on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk, Google, and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, a whole bunch of other places. Um, just make sure you do that. we got a lot of time on our hands uh, lately. So, you know, if you want to pick up a new podcast or two from the War Room Sports Podcast Network, by golly, we'll be glad for you to do so. So shout out to some of those guys. We got John Appetit with the Burtons. If you're in the food, if you're a foodie, or at least think you're a foodie, uh, we got the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Show with Phil and Savad. Man, and, and, and rest in peace to Fred the Godson. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, we got After Further Review with the Mayor. Um, we got the Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris. We got a whole lot more. We got some shows on hold That'll be back after life ain't so trash no more. Jimmy, what's up, man? Fred the Godson, yo. Yeah, man. That, this, yo, it's, it's absolutely, it seems like every week now when we come on, it's like just somebody else, man. Like Somebody this, else. Somebody else, man. And, and this is terrible, man. Like, you know, RIP to the God, man. Um, did have the pleasure right. of meeting him at uh, Battle Rap events. So, you know, he's a good dude. But, like, even beyond that, man, it's just like, yo, Every week, every week, and there's more and more people, and you still got cats out there, you know, with, on the conspiracy bag, and it's like, dude, like, regardless yeah, of how you got out of here, what's going on, people are dying. That is getting more frustrating by the day, man. And I, I, I you know, I maintain, if somebody real close to me, friend, family, whatever, you know, pass uh-huh. away, 
because of this and people still talking in my circle with that, you know, with all that conspiracy stuff, you know, the filter mm-hmm. is, 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 is going to be gone. <laughs> the filter, I'm just going to take the filter out and it, it could get to a point where, okay, when we back out on the streets, <laughs> it's still going to be grudges because at some point you have to have compassion for humanity. Okay. I don't care about your new world order and your microchips and your 5G and, and all of this kind of stuff, people are dying. So if you still wrapping yep. that to me, after I lose somebody, whatever, man. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, man. It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but, but definitely rest in power to Fred the Godson. The thing is, you know, we had heard that he went to the hospital a, a while back. And, and mm-hmm. I think when this thing first started, it was like, okay, the longer – you kind of, you know, if something, if you hear somebody went to the hospital and you haven't heard anything in a while, most likely they're battling it and, and they got over it. But now yeah. I'm starting to hear more and more stories where people are sick for like five and six weeks and medically induced comas. And you sent a story earlier in the week where somebody got their leg amputated. Dude, yeah, and this is something, you know, people, like I said, throughout the whole thing, people haven't taken it as seriously as they probably should have. You know, I still mm-hmm. see somebody, seen somebody yesterday, Jim, talking about everybody, uh, you know, scared over a cold. You know, I read this thing is mutated over 30 times. They don't have yeah. a hold on this. They don't know what's going on. Every Probably every time they think they have a hold on something, a new strand comes out. Can you imagine yep. rumbling any sickness for six weeks? That's supposed no, to be a cold or a flu? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that for one. And then for I two, it's, for it's, six weeks. it's like my dude. Like, look, like, first of all, first of all, like, this is like the scariest thing because of what you just said. They don't have a hold on it. And now, like, you know, they're trying to rush and open things back up because they're trying to save the economy, which I understand. But at the same time, um, if you kill a bunch of us off, that's going to ruin the economy anyway. So right. you're not going to have anybody to let the economy flow. I think a, a whole you know, lot of people, Jim, they're screaming for the economy to open right away. Don't even understand the economy. Oh, they <laughs> they ain't never invested that, in nothing in their lives. That, that, that's <laughs> the craziest part is the people. At least, and again, I'm speaking from my from my timeline, my experience. Mm-hmm. The people that are screaming at the loudest are the people that don't even understand what it is anyway. They never invested in anything no. outside of their job. But they talking about the economy. Want to be heard. But what I what I keep saying to people though is like keep it funky. Stop talking about economy, economy, economy. Keep it funky. I I want I need to work. I need my job. Like it's about yeah. all those individuals. It ain't about the overall economy. Because when that get popping yeah. again, y'all ain't gonna have nothing to do with it. <laughs> but, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like yo, I'm yeah. I'm afraid of going broke. I mean that that's, right, right. that's what it really boils down to. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, because yo, the one thing this has taught everybody is most people aren't prepared, right? So you got big ass companies, you know, that 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 aren't prepared. Government's not prepared. Nobody, nobody's prepared for this. <laughs> Nobody is. You got you know like little saying? stuff like Ben's Chili Bowl, world famous restaurant in D.C. Been around mm-hmm. since way before we were born. Famous place. It's like they've been shut down for pretty much thirty days, and read an article that they're basically on their knees right now. Like this is this is a place that 
revered. This is somewhere that a lot of people, when they come to D.C., they got to Just think about that. Think about the <laughs> fact that you have a business that, that employs people that can't sustain without income for 30 days. Right. So if you have businesses, right. and you have big businesses on in the same thing, you know. It's always funny because you know how they always tell you, save up three months, six months of expenses. I'm like, well, the government don't do that, nor does uh, nor, nor do the big boy <laughs> corporations. So how do you expect the average person to? I mean, it's, just, it's just, just a lot. The government just make up money. And, and <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They like, you know, always go, go print that. Need it. Yeah, just go print something go print else. We'll be all right. Yo, yeah, man. so this Crazy. whole thing, man, but when you start seeing people just go, man, it's just it's just tough, man, because, like, you know, this this whole thing came out of nowhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like we were, we had plans. Like all of us had plans this year, man. Like you know what I mean? Like I know. The next thing you know, this. Everybody like this. was rolling in. With, what was the saying around New Year's? We rolling in with twenty twenty vision. Twenty twenty vision. Anybody tell me? Anybody tell me this ish? I'd rather go man, blind and have twenty twenty. Like, I just vision. got yo. It's it's crazy because like you know I try to keep things in perspective. I just had an aunt that passed this this week, right? So and it wasn't from Rona. Um, right. she was older. Uh, but my mother's sister passed on Monday, and you know so trying to deal with that as a family doing this has been like the worst thing because the funeral director straight told us like yo it's illegal for at a funeral. Right, right. You can't even mourn people. So he's like, you know, the best the best thing is just you know do what do what you got to do, and then like you know when when things get better, then we can have a service or something, but. Just think about that. I think about that. Yeah. And I think about how crazy. many, um, as I read the news every day, how many people who were seniors, because my aunt was also um, in a facility, but she she didn't die from Rona. But the thing is, when you talk about people who are losing so many seniors and not able to mourn, like, that's just, the whole world is just effed up. Cause, like, right. Like, you're the people that have run your family for as long as you've been alive, and they yeah, passed, you and you can't of, like, even, you know. Oh, man. man, you got matriarchs yeah. and patriarchs tapping out, man. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I don't know, man. I don't know, man. This is just this, this tough times. But then, then we got the draft tonight, right? Just keeping it back, yes, it. back to sports. We got the draft tonight, and because of everything Which, else going on, it's like, damn. I was about to say on the real. I I I forgot the draft was this week until like yesterday morning. <laughs> Listen, I've man. Been so out of sports, one, thing, man. one thing, one thing. See, this this thing has taught me something about sports, right? So we, you know, we, we all war room sports. We talk about sports. It's taught me how insignificant sports is, but also on the flip side, how important sports is at the same damn time. Yeah. And I know that's like saying nothing, but I'm gonna tell you why. Because at first I'm like, Shit, I don't even miss sports and all that. But then when that Bulls documentary came on, and we was all like having a chat because we were all we finally had something mm-hmm. we all were watching at the same time. <clears throat> like, yo. I forgot this is dope. Like this, this is what sports does. Because usually it's right. a game. We're always usually watching a a big time game. It's a Monday night football game or a playoff game. Because um, a big a big so, sporting event or just a moment in time in sports, you know, it's kind of like that. You know, that thing we have with music, where everything's yeah. a timestamp. So that joint took yeah. us back to a time. Like, man, I remember this was going on. We we might get some new tidbits of the behind the scenes, but. Overall, it's like, yeah, this is taking me back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it gives you, it gave that, you that, but it also gave us, it also gave us the, um, <clears throat> the event during this quarantine, in which we all were watching the same thing at the same time and having a conversation about it. You know right. what I mean? Like right. during this quarantine, we we all like body bagging TV and and content and all that kind of stuff. But that's the first thing in weeks or a month or so 
where it's like, yo, everybody's tuned into the same thing. Right. And, the, and, the, and like you said, what, the great thing the about sports is usually it does that for you every week, no matter. And, and people always say it, no matter what's going on in people's lives, they could be going through some stuff, you know, for that two or three hours that you're sitting around with people watching a game and talking about it, you kind of forget about your problems. And you got to go back to them. Shout yeah. out to Brian. You got to go back to your middle Absolutely. lives. But <laughs> but you can you can you get an escape, yo. Brian was mad for losing that because that was that. We switched topics real quick, but that was around the time when LeBron did start to get that that criticism, that pressure because he didn't he hasn't won yet and he wasn't living up to team expectations. So he yeah he was he was frustrated. Um. <laughs> Shout out to Kendrick Perkins for trying to hype the whole thing, um, talking about how they celebrated Mike for getting 49 and 63 back-to-back in the Celtic series, and they lost both games and the series. He said if that was LeBron, critics would have been crushing him, which was a super reach because LeBron had, just like every other superstar, LeBron got his grace period. In year two, if LeBron would have hammered uh, all time, an all-time team like that got swept or whatever, we'd be praising LeBron. Like, yo, young boy, killing them. We praised LeBron for, for dragging that team to the finals and getting swept. What was that, four years into his career? Four or five, whatever yeah. that was? So it's like, that, that was a reach. Like, some people just want to make things of everything. If, if LeBron, does, if he had he done that in year two, he wouldn't have got crushed. But around that time when the expectations started building, team expectations, and LeBron was telling people that they got to go back to their miserable lives, yeah, he'd have got crushed. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> There's no moral victories by the time some people are already saying you're the best player in the league. I mean, everybody jumped the gun on that with the newest superstar. But when when people start Yo, saying that, there's no more moral victories. Thing because I don't I don't um it, the whole thing of Mike versus LeBron is so stupid to me. It's just yeah. so stupid to me. I thought Kobe versus LeBron was stupid, and but Mike versus LeBron is even more stupid. It's just right. so stupid to me because like they they yo they have nothing to do with each other. They don't even play the same position. No These dudes like playing in different eras with different rules. The rules aren't even the same. They're not even playing the same game for Christ's sake. Like they're actually so they've stupid. never taken the court together. Stupid. Didn't Mike leave the year not LeBron once. came in? Yes, they've never, they've never the been on the court at the same time. So like, he, like, like you so said, he and Kobe's been on the court together, and I still think that's the fakest rivalry, you know, the most contrived ri- rivalry in the history of sports. They never played in a game that meant anything. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? Like, but the LeBron Mike thing is just so stupid for so many reasons. It's like, dude, one has nothing to do with the other. Like, LeBron fans, like, are, are ridiculous, but Mike fans are just as ridiculous. I saw something today. A guy I said, think the argument Michael disrespects Jordan, a whole lot of other players, too, though. There's yo, a whole lot of people Michael that can Jordan sit up the there goat. and make that claim. The boy <laughs> said, Michael Jordan is the GOAT because he never had one game in which he struggled. I'm like, That's huh? Baloney, but... <laughs> said, this, boy said, this boy said, in his basketball life, he never had one game in which he struggled. I said... So my first thing is in this basketball life, what's that mean? I mean, my man got cut from the varsity team in high school. Like, <laughs> he not, struggled that day. Like, so, that week. 
got what, is, what are we talking about? This basketball life. That's the first thing. Struggled in his backyard against the second his thing is, his Once head. Mike once Mike Literally. got over the hump, he started becoming like, you know, um the dream shatterer once he got over the hump. But I think yeah. that getting that, that whole process of getting over the hump, people don't give that enough credit. People forget how tough the Pistons were in the fact they used to beat Mike ass. Right. Like right. They, that's the thing though. You, then now you hear people like they they talk about that like it's a negative. Well, Mike, LeBron ain't never just like you know you see some people say silly stuff like, well, Mike never struggled, and then and then you see the people come the other way like, well, Mike got swept out of the playoffs first two times, and he didn't win until blah blah blah, and he didn't win until Pippen came, even though they didn't win until you know Pippen was in his fourth season. Everybody, Pippen has become <laughs> Superman, the savior of life. As, as you know, as his legacy builds, but yeah, it's it's a lot of <laughs> silly arguments on both sides of that whole thing, and like I said, I think it's disrespectful because right now it's one or the other. I'm like, since when have have we all just decided that these dudes are even one and two? Like, yeah, I, Green, that's, that's why. Like, like, yeah, they don't get no. Come on. Yeah, they disrespect Wilt. Because uh, here's the thing, though. I, I, everybody knows how I feel about Kareem. I think Kareem might be the best. But even in saying that, I, if, sometimes if I feel, he's not I the feel best, weird. He's, the, he's definitely the most accomplished basketball player Listen, ever. It's, it's accomplishments thing, though, between when, him and Mike. And, and when, when I say that, I feel disrespectful to Wilt. Yo, I feel like I feel like yo disrespectful to Wilt on so many levels, man. Like right. I was watching um. Oh, I forgot who who it was. I think did you sent me this like somebody sent me a link. It was an article it was talking about the Packers, and they were asking one of the players like who's the best quarterback they ever seen. And the dude told <laughs> yeah. this whole story, and the boy told this whole story. So you're the best quarterback I ever seen. Didn't play in the NFL. He came to practice with one day, and his name was Will Chamberlain. Dude, Yo, but that happens with every sport. Dude, every be like, sport. who's the best volleyball player you've ever seen? Sport. <laughs> Every single sport. He, the boy was the greatest track athlete in Philadelphia uh, history. Like that, water that's not even athlete. Shout out to Sunny Hill. Exactly. Tell us about that's that. like that's in the books. My man yeah. was an amazing water polo. So it's like when I say Kareem, I, I, I don't even know how to play water polo. I don't even know what that looks like. I know no, what Marco. All I'm polo saying is, is <laughs> all, all I'm saying is team sports, right? You know, I was watching uh Marcellus Wilde the other day. And they asked him a question about who were the top four players of his Mount Rushmore of NFL players. And they got mad because his top four were uh, Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, Bruce Smith, and he had somebody fourth. I forgot who the hell he had fourth. But anyway, so people got mad because he didn't name Tom Brady. He didn't name Joe Montana. He didn't name this and name that. And um, he was breaking down. He was like, listen, when you talk about team sports, right, he was like, he said, here's the, he said, I look at it like playing track, running track. You can be the fourth person coming fourth place, but you can be like one inch below that other person. But everybody says, oh, man, you, you came in fourth place. We were right there. But when you judge someone, he said, it could be a lot of people right on the heels of that other person. Um, right. And But the fact is, they're still, and that's why I believe that whole idea of the table of gods. But the other point I was making about what he said was, he said, but if we're talking about just athletes, he said a lot of football and basketball players won't make his list of greatest athletes. 
He said, when I judge greatest athletes, I always tend to pick people that play in individual sports like a Muhammad Ali or Floyd Mayweather. He said, because the thing about judging people that play team sports and calling them the greatest athlete is, you can hide behind the team with a lot of stuff. I'm about to say, you you get way too much help. (laughs) It's like you need other people to do stuff to win. He was like, if if people don't give Mike the ball in the right spot, Mike doesn't score. If Magic doesn't give Kareem the pass, Kareem doesn't score, and vice versa. He was like, so you can hide behind a great team a lot of times in sports, but because of winning, all those guys get propelled in that conversation of best. He was like, so he tends to, when he judges like athletes, when these people just ask him about athletes, he tends to pick people that can't hide behind anything else. I'm a boxer. I'm out there by myself. I'm about to say, even even a guy like Bo Jackson, who a lot of people think is the most versatile, you know, one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen, he still, you know, played in a sport where if it ain't for them five fat boys up front, you know, Bo ain't going to be, he's not going to be able to show you that athleticism, you know. Baseball. Yeah. So baseball is I just is the most individual the team getting. sport. <laughs> it's the closest you can get. It's the closest yeah, you can get. Because here's the thing, but I just thought that was an interesting argument because we had these debates all the time, and that's the first time I heard someone break it down that way. And I just thought yeah. it was an interesting argument. But baseball is that's what makes baseball unique because it is so it is so statistics uh, based and driven. Um, but again. If guys don't get on base, your RBIs ain't gonna be nice because if you can't get people in front of you to get on base, right, right, because you can you can go up there and knock a home run and every time you go to bat, that's one uh-huh. run. Your RBI still gonna be trash. Your RBIs trash, trash ass RBIs. <laughs> you go look at it like, yo, this boy only got thirty RBIs, but then somebody be like, well, he got thirty home runs. They all solos. <laughs> yo, thirty home runs and thirty RBIs, yo. But you see, trash stats look like trash. Like, <laughs> all right, so um, yeah, real real quick, uh, we gonna continue get right back into that, but of course, just gotta let you know how topics are brought to you by my bookie. I'm not even gonna give you that whole spiel, man. Go to my bookie uh, dot ag, um, put in the promo code War Room all caps, and just set your account up for when sports do come back. Um, y'all know what it is. Just, you know, when sports come back, just get you a little money. Try to get paid. Y'all can uh, stack it up a little bit now if you are still working, because I'm pretty sure you're. You know, you don't have to pay all your bills, especially if you got kids. You got that childcare bill off, so make some gambling money. <laughs> just make sure you do it under us, <laughs> under our promo code. You <laughs> you quarantine to become a degenerate. Right, gambling away to uh, the, the, the childcare money. But, yeah, man, so big news in the NFL this week, you know, before we are going to get to the draft a little bit later with, with Fred Purdue. Uh, what up, Skyview? What up, Neil, in the chat room? Um, Gronk has returned to the NFL. Rob Gronkowski um, called the Patriots earlier this week and told them that he wanted to make a return to the NFL, but he wanted to do it with the new Heatles, a.k.a the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with his uh, his quarterback, uh, Tom Brady. Bill B. and the Patriots obliged very quickly in a matter of hours from when that report came out. I don't know when he actually said that to them, but from a matter of hours from when that report first came out, they had a deal done in principle pending the physical. Now, this is the funny part, Jim, because you hear a lot of these, you know, armchair analysts and a lot of fans who don't even think analytically in any type of manner were saying how 
oh, the Patriots got fleece. They just traded away the best tight end in NFL history for a fourth-round pick. I think these people forgot one thing. This dude was retired. Now, I don't know if that's going to have any bearing on his play or not, but how do you say that the Patriots got fleeced when they just got a fourth-round pick for somebody who wasn't even in the league? Like, if he retired and just stayed retired, the Patriots just lose the dude. Point blank period. They they have over the last year and some change. They thought they had just lost them. So you just before the draft, right before the NFL draft, you just got an extra pick from a dude who was never coming back to play for your team. He wants to come back and play for somebody else. That's fine too. Let me go get my pick for him. Do you understand what people are saying? Like how 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 would you look at the Patriots being the ones that got fleeced in this situation? Y'all just gave this man People a fourth-round pick to a dude who wasn't in the league. <laughs> People are stupid because the bottom line is, like, turn they, – they, they, they just traded away someone who just got kicked off the mass Singer for a fourth-round draft pick. <laughs> like, the dude, dude wasn't even playing. Like, he was retired. My man was just on that mass Singer, for Christ's sakes. Like, come on, man. Like, and Second of no all, way, Jim, we even, know even, what even, Bill Belichick does Grunk. with draft picks, whether they're mid-rounders. Even if Grunt. Exactly. If Grunt Grunt could come out and have his greatest season, and they still didn't get fleeced because he was never playing for them again. Was never He's playing never for them playing again. for you again. But truthfully, you know, like, imagine, imagine, he could have waited till next imagine. year when his contract was up and they no longer owned his rights, and then they would have got you know what I'm saying he would have left and they would have got nothing for him. Yo, two days Yo. before the draft, you got an extra pick that you weren't expecting. How do you get fleeced? Imagine. Imagine breaking up with a girl, right? And you ain't messed with her for over a year. And then she meets a new dude, and a new dude comes to you like, yo, I just want to say I appreciate you letting me uh, be with her. Here goes some, here goes some bread and some compensation for, the, for this girl. Now, <laughs> Let me pay you for I'm the job not, you gave me. Yo, I'm not, I'm not trying to make women objects. So don't take this the wrong way, audience. Don't go me too me. But my point is, yo, they had nothing to do with dude for over a year. So it was like, yo. You turn something. Oh, I w- yo, I wish, I wish other teams could just start, start taking retired cats and turn them into right, picks. So, like, so y'all won't get mad at us. What do you guys talk about? So, so y'all won't get mad at us. Just imagine that the, you know, after we broke up for a year, she left her Louis Vuitton bag, her suitcase at the crib, and dude came and paid us there for you it. Go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So y'all won't get mad of us making the woman. Yeah, I'm not the actual trying. Yo, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not into human trafficking before y'all start saying that. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I was just trying to make an analogy, man, that you had nothing to do with this person, place, or thing. And next thing you know, you get compensated for it a year later. That's gangster if you ask me. No, I think it's, it's crazy gangster. Again, especially considering what you never know what this fourth round pick going to end up being. You know what I'm saying? And it might not just yeah. be the person that's drafted in that spot. They might flip it in the trade. They might yeah, you know I mean, it might yep. be some extra levers that they didn't have before. I, who knows what will happen? It, what if nothing happens? Still, you just got a new pick two days before the draft that you weren't even like, you got to change up your whole big board, your whole strategy on, on draft night because you just got a pretty much free pick two days before the draft. So, you know, Grunt doing it when he did, I he might have been looking out a little bit for the uh, for for the, for Bill B and them because he could have waited. 
<laughs> he could have waited till after the draft and told him that. So shout out to Gronk. He probably was looking out. You know, once you leave that yeah. place, you all. Up. I never really thought Gronk fit in there, and I'm not talking about as a player because Gronk will pretty much fit in anywhere as a player. But I never really felt that he was a Patriot way type of dude. You know, he always partying and doing crazy stuff that, you know, a lot of other dudes probably afraid to do while playing for the Patriots. So, so you say uh, you saying that when he get out of there, it's gonna be even worse. He gonna really turn up. Oh yeah, he, he gonna turn up. He gonna turn up in Tampa for for. The main reason, I think, is because he and Tom are going to go down there on a team full of, and I'm not even trying to be funny, but a team full of losers. You know what I'm saying? They come in with all this They come in with all this winning experience. They come in with this aura. I mean, they might be trash. Like, I really think Gronk has a better chance of still being good than Tom Brady. But that's, you know, something we'll talk about later. But they just come in with this aura where people are going to look up to them regardless, and he's going to be able to test some things. He's going to be able to do what the hell he want to do because these are dudes coming from the mighty Patriots that's going to make us better. So, yeah, watch out for Grunt mm-hmm. in Florida. <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, but yeah. we, we know some, some, some Tampa fans. We know some that's excited about everything that's going on. Because the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now are like the Miami Heat when LeBron and them signed. The only difference is maybe they're not the Heat. Maybe they're like the Lakers, Jim, when when y'all got Steve Nash, Kobe, and those guys together because they were a little bit older than LeBron and them. And then yeah. they wanted to join either one of those teams. It was even like but, – but the people that want to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all seem to be coming out of retirement. Percy Harvin has put in a call because he wants to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And actually, we know some fans, shout out to DJ Willie G, who's actually excited about that. Hey, yo, Percy Harvin was more hurt than Sammy Watkins throughout his whole career. <laughs> then he retires for like two or three seasons, and then like, you're excited uh, because Percy Harvin wants to play for you? Who's next? T.O.? Like, what are we doing? Yo, man. They running with the Larry Holmes squad. I don't know what's up with these dudes, man. Shout out to Hank, a.k.a. Billy Bage, said Tampa Bay is putting together a fire Madden 16 squad. <laughs> In fire 21. Madden 16. <laughs> but, no, nah, it's, it's it's interesting, though. Um, it, it has to be a little bit exciting if you're a Bucks fan, but at the same time, those expectations go way up just because of some names on a piece of paper. We really don't know if Tom Brady has anything left in the tank to really give to a winning situation. Um, but we shall see. We got a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan on the line right now. So let's go to Tobias out in Zona. Roll damn tide. What's up, Tobias? Roll down tide, man. What's going on, yeah. gentlemen? Nothing, man. Uh, you excited about your Buccaneers, man? Uh I'm excited. The only thing I'm excited about is that when I go to the bar TV now to watch the game, instead of the one in the back, I get a crook in my neck when I'm done watching the game. <laughs> right. And it's actually yeah, HD TV we'll, now. We'll be on better TVs. Yes, we're going to be on the HD TV and not the old school analog tube television. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching our games of Technicolor. Because uh, of, uh, <laughs> y'all now, the, the, what, he, what is he calling it? The Tampa Bay? Yeah. Buccaneers? The Tampa so Bay. I don't know, me. but. You know the problem is, you know, see, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, 
because one Brady's four gonna be forty three years old. And they keep going, well, you know, he didn't have weapons. The quarterback makes the receiver. The receivers don't make the quarterback. Uh, but he's been watched the past couple of years. Mike, remember, he threw a third pick against the Chiefs, but D4 couldn't line up on side. How would that narrative be? He wasn't good in that Super Bowl. He was bad most of the season this year. He had a great defense and a good running game. And I just think that everybody's saying the Bucks said, oh, he got six Super Bowls. I don't care what he did at the then. All I care about is what you're doing with my team. Because yeah, what you're there doesn't matter. Of accomplishments. And there's more accomplishments than many other people. Pretty much everybody yeah. who's ever played the game. But that's a career fool. There's no coincidence that you're about to be 43 years old. There's no coincidence whatsoever. You have had a long, successful career. Then you move on. I mean, we've seen this before from dudes who were younger. We we saw we saw our guy. We saw Donovan McNabb leave Philly, and you realize, like, man, he really did need Andy Reid. And we've always yeah. had this discussion of Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick. The only thing about Brady now is if he goes out and sucks, it's not going to be the same thing. Nobody's going to really be like, well, maybe it was Bill B. It's going to be what it really is. Bruce Aaron. He's 43 years old. He's old. It'll be Bruce. It'll be Bruce. It'll be it's Bruce Arians' fault because what happened is this team and it's, and what happens the defense they keeps on. Well, the last six games, the last six games. I looked it up. Right, one of those games with the Detroit Lions on their third string quarterback. I don't even know the guy made the XFL. The Jaguars two against the Falcons. They split that. Uh, I think it was the Colts. The Brissett was like he was banged up. And the Houston Texans without Will Fuller. And we know how the Houston Texans, especially the Andre, I can't get open, Hopkins play with Will Fuller out on the field. Uh, so, and then there's still no depth on this defensive line. And a lot of them guys are older as well. So you can have all these weapons you want to. How much better can this offense get? Diego can turn the ball over less. But if one of these, so many defenders go down, or JPP decides to have a barbecue for the Fourth of July. What then? Because they're going all that, in I know on the Fourth of July quarter. That defensive line, Tobias could have came in the form of a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and like these Bucks fans, like we please, dude, the dude wasn't even playing, and he got a pick who could be a decent player. Hey, you got guys who go who all pros. Hell, George Kittle was a fifth round pick. He's about the best tight end in football. Uh, you know, so don't get me wrong though. Like I said, you know, Gronk is still pretty much a young man. I I, I don't really think I I don't think Gronk is washed or anything. You know, anything by those means. But like I said, I I where I don't trust is Tom Brady. And if it if it's not working from the quarterback position, it's not going to matter how well Gronk has bounced back. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing also. It's these expectations because Gronk, I'm not expecting big things from him. He was, had, he was pretty much running the same speed as Paul Pierce in the last couple of years. He's, he, he probably used it more as a blocker. But, uh, but Brady, this team has gone all in. They said, oh, we got 45 offensive line. Oh, we got to get the running game going. We got to make sure we got all these weapons. And what he's saying they're going to probably get a right tackle at 14, maybe move up. One, you're a dumbass if you move up for a right tackle. I'm not moving up of anybody unless you're a quarterback. Uh, but so you're going to put a right tackle, a rookie, 
first game probably a Sunday night game on national TV with the hot take media and everybody thinking you the magic elixir with Tom Brady and something happens is your fault. Good luck, kid. <laughs> you know, uh, and do we? And it's like at pick fourteen, they may end up with a fourth or fifth rated tackle. Why reach on that if you get some defensive line help? Because you cannot find a defensive lineman free agency unless the team just can't afford him, which is not the case most times. Or he's old. You don't get young defensive linemen who are good on the cheap. You got to draft those people and keep those line those trenches fortified. I don't give a damn. We got the best receiver duo in the league. If he can't control the line of scrimmage, what good is it? It's true. I said Jameis Yo, got you know, you know 47 times last season. And, you know, for people who really, really know football, a, a sack is not always the fault of an offensive it's a hit. Some of them could have been on him. Also. But either way, it was still 47 sacks and a lot of hits. How much of that can a 43-year-old quarterback take? And do you really want to see his backup at any point? Blaine Gabbert. Oh, it's Blaine Gabbert, by the way. Our backup Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, what'd you say, Jim? Here's what I say. Here's what's interesting. I think that Brady, in the first couple of games, is going to look sharp because he did it this past year because he was fresh, you know, off the off season, whatever. But mm-hmm. then, like you know, as the game as the season went on, games four, games five, mm-hmm. as the season went on, oh my God, he started looking like he was in his forties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yo, it's the same thing. Mentioned. Like, you, yo. You know, when well, you're a man of a certain age, you get back years. on the court. Saint, dog, I get on the court now, like, you know, maybe the first two times up and down the court, I'm nice. After that, it's a wrap. So, <laughs> and then so I just imagine trying to play football. Imagine trying to play football at that age. Like, so to put your hopes on this dude is, is absolutely insane. Um, and you want to bring in a bunch of other people. That's absolutely, it's just, it's just crazy. I respect Arians more than you know any Bucks coach that I'm, that we've seen in the past decade or so. Live so, reputation. Go ahead. Yeah, and no, and that's true too. But at the same time, when I say I respect him, I'm just saying I don't think he's just going to take every Tom, Dick, and Harry who comes out of retirement and say I want to play with the Bucks now. Yeah, like, AB's out. You can't if, have if, AB, he, if he takes, too many mouthpieces. If he takes Percy Harvin, then I'm like, okay. I might have to take some of that respect back. But I just don't see him saying yes to everybody. Gronk, yeah, you 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 probably have to do that. You got to take a fire on Gronk. But, you know, especially but, but, with yeah. who your quarterback is because he's only going to throw to Gronk, um, the running backs, and whatever white slot receiver y'all might have on your roster. Scotty Miller, by the way. <laughs> he's like 5'9". So, so Evan's going to be mad win. anyway because their production about to go down. But, um, That's why I was like, Chris Godwin should ask for a contract extension now. And see, the problem is they, they can't bring in more retired guys in because they they got to make a move to get enough money to sign their um the draft picks. So that this is pretty much going to be the team that it is. And Godwin Godwin needs to get out of his rookie Scotty Pippen three sixty deal. Yeah. Oh, 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 better yet, Scotty Scotty Steve Stallion. Uh, but right, well, look, you know, I, I know you're you're a Bulls fan as well. So before Damn we get right. to, uh, we're going to move on to that for our next topic anyway, what did you guys think about the first two episodes of The Last Dance? Real quick, I can well, tell y'all, like, I'm mad now that they're stretching it out because I could have watched all ten parts that night. I would, I was up. I was up. <laughs> you know what I, <laughs> you know what I thought? Just take it and drop it now, but 
hey, when there's nothing else going on and you're basically the only game in town, you got to hold those joints close to the vest, especially yeah. now. I mean, the funny thing is the first especially the first now. eight episodes have, have uh, leaked. Um, you know, um, they may or may not have leaked online. Let's put it that way. But <laughs> I, I, I refuse to watch them. Like, I want to watch them yeah, the way I, that, you know I, what I'm saying? Like, I... It was more fun to watch I'm it with y'all anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, like, binge off by myself. We get, to talk about, we, get to, we get to talk about how bad of a businessman Scotty Pippen was. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you're talking now about everybody in the world feeling work? sorry for him now. People forget, yeah. though. Like, Mike was in the same boat until that seat. Well, not that season, the season before. When he was like, look. And he's older, know, Scotty. No hometown so, discounts. Yeah. You know what? Scotty made thing. more money in his career than Mike did because of the. I know that's the crazy. Someone said that. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't verify it, but someone says Scotty has more career earnings from the NBA than Mike. Yeah, you know maybe that's why Scotty's Scotty at like one hundred and nine. Mike is somewhere in the nineties. Something silly like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and that was like the last two. And see, here's that's the thing. Also, and that's, and that's what made like one hundred and nine over the last, last few years. Mike got Yo, trash. Brian made like one hundred and nine the last three years though. Brian, Brian made one hundred and nine in L.A. But, but <laughs> they call out Mike's a bad teammate. showed up drinking wine to the game, so that's all I got to say. But you know, it's like all the all the eggplant eaters came out at full force. It's like, bruh. <laughs> right, uh, right. you know. It, but the thing I like though, because uh, when they showed that he cared about winning, and that and and your best player setting the tone, it's like Steph Curry, not a good defender at all. We know he's terrible, but he tried. And so that sets the tone. He put forth the effort. When Mike didn't want to tank those last games and want to play anyway, that sets the tone with those teammates in the organization that, hey, this guy cares. And I think that's the trickles down. Because you got guys that, like Kawhi. Oh, Kawhi would have chilled out. But um, but also, look how that made him better as a player. He got some knocks on his head from losing to the Celtics. You got these people out here saying, well, you got swept by the Celtics. The team was 30 and 52. And uh, and it's one of the greatest teams of all time. What's ironic about what you're saying is Jimmy mentioned that earlier in the show before you even called in. He's like, you know, people forget about that part of the game now, you know, because everybody, it's like everything got to be so instantaneous. I mean, look how, think about it. Look how people talk about like a Ben Simmons right now. Ben Simmons is in his third year, his first two years. He came in at 19. He came in. (laughs) They won 50 games, two years, 50-plus games, two years in a row, been to the second round of the playoffs, and he's getting crapped on. And they're like, y'all should break this team up because they're never going to do – no. Why? You won't make it a playoff every year. Take you, it take you that many years just to get to the playoffs. All I'm going to say is 50 wins, two rounds, people like, break it up. They ain't going to never win. Yo, what happened to the game? Here's here's the one great thing about sports, because most things about sports suck in 2020. One of the great things about sports is that screenshots and tweets will live forever. Because <laughs> right, back right, in the right, day, right. People had these people had these hot takes and stuff, and they don't have to be held accountable for them. You can run away I'm from it. I'm old enough to remember. I, I always believe to remember. <laughs> I'm old enough you to remember what? when the narrative the narrative about Mike was he will never win. He's a selfish player that. and he's a gunner. He's a gunner, a selfish player, and he will never win because he doesn't play team ball like an Isaiah or like a Magic or like a Bird. He doesn't play team ball the way they do, and he's going to be a loser for his career. I remember that. And then for the whole 90s, we had to watch this dude. I remember I was in school. I was in school. 
I was in school about that, right? And I was telling cats, what the hell are you supposed to do with Brad Sellers? <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Or Dave Corzine? It's it's like, you know, like you talk breaking that Philly up. One, people talk about, oh, they, the narrative is like Michael Jordan was winning 20 games a year. The Scotty Pippa just had Scotty Dust. And, uh, and Michael just started winning titles. People. Players have to mature. Guy even Horace Grant, they act like he doesn't even exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they won in that game. And to be honest, he was very like, important like, in those first three teams. No, that no doubt. But you, but you know why I think he's going to get a shout out somewhere. Yeah. But if he doesn't, you know why? Because really, the basis is about that last season. The only reason you're hearing so much about, you know, Mike and Scotty in their past is because you have to, you have to build that story about those guys before you really talk about the last season. But I I, I can't think of a shout out somewhere. They also, they also negate the the, the brilliance of of Phil Jackson because everyone says, including Michael and Scotty, they wouldn't have won without him because his his unique approach to the game and, and how to deal with, those egos and get him to mesh well. I mean, because the same could be said for when he went to LA. Like, remember, Kobe and Shaq were a mess before Phil. They were here one nothing with those guys. And you really exactly. have to, so what I'm saying is, to, to appreciate that. Because, you know, I've, I've been in the past, I'm like, oh, Phil always come and take the teams with the best player. But that can be a very difficult task as well, like you said, because egos are a mother. Look at this year The next coach He couldn't handle Kyrie and KD and He's out that's oh, They probably bring in Tyron yeah, Luke and the thing about He seemed to be an okay coach though That's the crazy, the crazy part right. He seemed to be a good coach But he couldn't deal with that part of it so here's the one thing I do know, right? The one thing I do have experience in is, is being a man, a black man, and understanding male ego. Male ego is the, 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 the craziest thing in the world. It's the most fragile thing, but also one of the most powerful things. Like the male ego is crazy. So imagine mm-hmm. a male ego on someone who gets paid millions and millions of dollars and is at the, at the, at the, the top of their profession, you know what I'm saying, in that sport, having to deal with multiple people like that because – when you talk about a basketball team, even if you're the, the ninth man off the bench, at some point you had an you were that guy at some level. Yeah, yeah. You know what but I mean? You like, still you're still the nice walk into any regular gym on a daily basis. Yeah, you nice. probably so best player playing in your high school. So <laughs> they all have egos. They all. I was watching a documentary today, and it was about this guy who was like one of these street ball legends. They said he was one of the greatest basketball players ever, and they had all these oh, pros boy. on there that played in the pros. How he used to cook them and everything when he was in school. And so the whole idea, the whole thing was, why didn't he make it to the pros, right? And listen to this nonsense. So he, he was in Philadelphia. He went to Roman Catholic. And at the time, I know, Dev, you remember Speedy Morris, right? Speedy Morris was mm-hmm. the head coach back then. Yep. And it was something about he only – he was one of these guys that played his seniors. So this dude was the best player on the squad by far, but he couldn't start because he had seniors in front of him. So the ball straight left basketball and has gotten to the drug game. Like, literally, even though he was the best player that any of them have ever seen. But but the coach had a rule, like, yo, I'll play seniors. Seniors get their clock, and then you have to work your way up. Um, my point in saying that is, man, like, you have dudes that, at, at these levels and these egos, and ego, like, ego can be your enemy. But to melt all those egos and get them to work on one accord, that's why championships are so beautiful and so so special because 
everything you have to go through to get one. And then when you have people that run off multiple championships, it's even more difficult. So you know, I do. I always get. I always give Phil his credit. But the fact of the matter is, they had a lot of things going for him. Whether it was getting the Scottie Pippen, whether it was the Horace Grant, like you said, or the second go round with the Dennis Robin. Imagine how to work with his ego. Working with his ego and then Mike and uh, Scotty, he's gonna be paid all at the same time. To, to your point. To your point. Like I said, the point we made earlier was, you know, we lived through all of this, but I wasn't privy to all the details. Like I didn't know Scotty was mad at this level. Like, I always knew, like, yeah. Scotty didn't make a lot of money in comparison to a lot of people on his level. But I didn't Over know he time. was upset. I don't even know if I remember the, reason... the fact that he purposely didn't get the surgery and, you know, basically pulled a Shaq before Shaq did it um, yeah. and, and used the, the season to rehab. I don't think I remember yeah. that Scotty got to a breaking point, like, I will never put on a Bulls uniform again. So the fact that you're talking about Phil – now I'm interested in in the the parts of this documentary because I want to know what the hell Phil did to talk him back into coming back on the court. Well, here's the here's like, the thing. Right? The only, I don't I don't I don't remember it in real time. The only reason that it resonates with me is because Phil Jackson has actually one of the one of the better uh, sports biographies. Yeah, he, and he talks, yeah. yeah, and he talks about he talks about it in this book. But one, of, his, I think it's called like Five Rings, something like that. But what six for whatever the name of it is, something to do with his rings. But it um. In the book, like he talks about it, and to, to be honest with you, he has one of like his his book is one of the better books because he talks about the Bulls years, but then up into the Lakers years and all that kind of stuff. So he gives you like a lot of the background information of what's going on. But it's one of the better books. But that's the only reason I I remember that it had really I don't remember it in real time from watching, although I did watch them in real time. Um, so, but it's just like when you start to realize how how fragile like these male egos are, you start to appreciate like everything like. Even when you – it makes me look at Belichick different. Like, how does Belichick win year in and year out with different people melding right. different egos? Like, it's, it it's makes, just amazing. It so, yeah, it's one of those things where – real submissive. It's one of those things where, like, when you got guys like Mike, right, who's, who's such a high-level player, even LeBron, Kobe, all these, these, these guys who are just, like, um, these, these superstar players, everything still has to go right. Which is why him winning six championships is so special because it's a difficult task. You know what I mean? Like Kobe winning five is special. Imagine having to deal with Shaq, who at the time was like the most recognized person in the world, and a, the dominant big man, and a guy who thinks he's better than Shaq or might be better than Shaq, who thinks he's better than Mike. Like dealing with those two egos. So, you know, it's just, it's just that you can't you can't negate all those factors. But this is what makes this Bulls team such a unique. Uh, study and something that you can have an actual documentary about because imagine what the Lakers documentary is going to be like with all those egos oh yeah, yeah. And, and you know and one thing though about like the Bulls uh I hate like the people that oh Danny no great team to find the Seattle Superstars for a 54 damn game how is that not great <laughs> uh, you know when people make that argument though like because I think it's I think it's like the reverse and, and I don't even know why we even getting into this but this whole LeBron Jordan thing because I don't I don't really get into it I just watch I read people and I listen to people so they always argue about that LeBron played you know this team in the in the finals and this team in the finals but if you really look at it I, first of all it's it's an exaggeration I thought I think the Bulls did play some great teams in the finals um, a lot of those teams aren't getting looked at the same way that the Warriors because 
the Bulls didn't let them win. <laughs> like LeBron is clearly the best player of his era, but he's going to have to share that mantle because he's letting too many other dudes get too much on his watch. Like he's going to have to share this with Steph because Steph is just, you know, he, he's too successful in LeBron's era. But at the same time, I still think LeBron, everybody knows he's head and shoulders above every other player in his era. So mm-hmm. because the Bulls never let any of those teams break through and win, people look at them differently. Just like in football, people look at the Buffalo Bills like they don't look at that team the way they should. It's a hell of a feat to even get to the I mean, Super Bowl. This is why in a row. Couldn't get lucky enough I, I, to win I see one. People, That's a great team. I see people, That's one of the NFL's I see greatest people teams. In boxing, right? People <laughs> in boxing always say Floyd ain't fought nobody, right? And then you start naming off names of the people that Floyd fought, and most of the time they forgot that he even fought them, right? Damn, so it's man. like, but, but the fact of the matter is, the reason we say, the reason we say that is because no one's beating the guy. A lot of times, like you, in, in the words of uh, DJ Khaled, man, you suffer from success. A lot of times when you uber successful, like people hold that against you. Instead of it being about your greatness or whatever it is you do, it's like, yo, you have no competition because they have nothing else they can say. With the Mike LeBron thing, though, Jim, you know what the difference is in theirs? Even if you want to put, and like I said, I don't fully agree, but okay, the teams he played won some stuff. So, okay, if you give that to him, LeBron played some better teams in the final. Everybody forgets the battles in the East that the Bulls had to get through to get to the finals. When LeBron, and it wasn't really the same. He had a couple of years where, you know, you sprinkle in the Pistons and the Celtics here and there, but it was pretty much a cakewalk to the finals every year. But it's like people, it, nothing counts until the championship round. And you guys were saying, all I'm like, you guys why did you play 80, 82 games and a bunch of playoff games if nothing counts except for those five, six, or seven games in the finals? It's weird. It, it, it's, like, Yo, it's, it's because because only people people only remember the championship. They don't remember the run to the championship. Is it, another another good book was when Will Chamberlain's biography. When you start seeing the reasons that he doesn't have as many championships as say Russell, and the context that goes into that between injuries, even the con- listen. There's a story in Will Chamberlain's book, right, about the year that he averaged 50 points a game, and and Oscar had some crazy numbers, and and Bill Russell won the MVP, right? Yeah. And the the reason that they talk about this in a book, and this is for research, not Wilt writing it, someone writing about Wilt. The reason that Wilt didn't win the MVP was because he he was arrogant and thought he was better than the other players. Oh, and he, he made more money than the other players. Listen, he made more money than he made more money than everybody, and he was an arrogant guy. And back then, players only players voted for the MVP, and Russell oh. was always a humble, quiet guy. And after Russell won that MVP, averaging something like 12 and 18, and, and meanwhile, like, um, you know, Wilt averaged 50, they literally changed the rules and said, okay, we can't let players just vote because they're voting because they don't like it. Right. Now so, we got to yeah, take like, it so but, but it's so much context. Now the sports like, writers all look at the, in their feelings as well, you, so it's the same thing again. True, but when, you, but, when you just, <laughs> but when you just look at that, if you just look at it on paper, you're like – I mean, he only, he only like he didn't win this MVP. Like, there's no way he sh- the dude averaged 50 and 30. How could he not be an MVP of the league? <laughs> yeah, the, point. the point is, there's so much context to sports that is left out when you just look at statistics yeah. and you just look at who won and who lost. 
Right, Tobias. Right. Yeah, and I say I know you got to run, but um, yeah, thanks, we, yeah, we got to manage the, the last thirty to forty-five minutes of this show. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's, it's the same with Giannis right now. They talk about he should leave. He's won his sixty-plus games a year in a town that adores him, and they done everything they could. If he gets to the final or win this one championship, that's an accomplishment. And I, I, I just want people to stop saying, "Oh, you got to break up a team in two or three years." These teams have to build, and they may only get to one finals or one championship. But as a fan, I'm cool if he just had a shot at it. And and I don't think I don't think he's be trying to leave there to chase ranks because you're the king of Milwaukee or Philly and the guys in Philly. Just keep building and just keep growing as players. It's yeah, the era we live in, and and even and, though and we won eleven, I still blame it to bias on Michael Jordan. Because yeah. all the people who talk like that are products of the Jordan era. People look back and be like, oh, we'll only won two chips. What do you mean only? But, but Championships but are the hardest thing to, to do in sports, especially but team damn. sports. And I'm a fan saying two. this. I'm a fan <laughs> saying this. Do people forget the first six to seven years of Michael Jordan's career where they didn't win? It takes a while. Your team has to build. Your team has to mature. You the right forget. coach. Answer your question. Brian fans answer ain't your question, Tobias. <laughs> yes, they did. Mike, Mike fans have forgot. But Mike fans forgot. I used to. I, I think Mike is a huge part of that. But I also think just as a culture, like, and, and this is why sports is such a, a crazy study. Everything is that way. We live in a society where, in business school now, which wasn't before, they teach you to fail and fail fast because everything has to move fast. Is that the idea of having an organization or a company that lasts for 50 to 100 years doesn't exist anymore. We live in this thing where everything is tech-driven. We want to move fast. We want to use analytics. We want to make the decision. And if it fails, move on to the next thing. Just fail fast and keep it going until you find something and then try to maximize that output and then go back to failing fast until you figure it out again and maximize that output. It's like we're becoming – it's like watching Westworld. Like, yo, we're becoming computers, yo. Like this, yeah, this, good luck this finding is the culture we live in. Lottery. So, so it's basketball, <laughs> but yo, it's, it's 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 bigger than basketball, Tobias. It's everything. Yeah. It's it's business. It's music. It's art. It's sports. It's like everything has changed. So the idea of like you know gro- growing pains or going through things and then that's gone. That's dead. Bigger than Nino. Yep. Take it easy, All guys. Right, you guys have a good one, man. All right, peace. You too, man. We holler at you next week. <laughs> All right, peace. All right, so so real quick, uh, before we get into draft talk with Fred in a couple of minutes, just uh, our our quote of the week, and it's also I got our quote and our stat. We'll, we'll keep it um, Chicago Bulls last chance related. We do have another one, but we need B Austin here to talk about that one because it's going to be hilarious to hear him talk about that one. So like you said, Jim, we'll bookmark that one. So the quote of the week this week comes from Pat Riley. He said this a long time ago, not exactly sure when. He said, if I had to choose a player to take a final shot to win a game, I'd choose Jordan. But if I could pick one to save my life, I would choose Bird. And (laughs) I think I pretty much agree with the dude. (laughs) Because, you know, it's it's like Larry's legend. (laughs) See what I did there? But Larry's legend and the lore of Larry Bird, like, he was so confident in himself, man. He was the type of dude, and then they show this. If you look at, you know, any Larry tapes, anything, any documentaries about Larry, they'll tell you about the time. I forgot who they was playing. Maybe Phoenix or somebody like that. Where he came out from a timeout with a few seconds left, 
told the dude that was guarding, <laughs> I'm going to go get the Yo. ball right here in this spot. I'm going to shoot it, and we're going to win this game. And damn, if they didn't inbound the ball. He caught the ball in that spot. I think he may have taken a dribble, pulled up, won the game. Looked at the whole bench like, Yo. I just told you what was going to happen. Like, Yo, yeah, the funniest thing about what I'm thinking Larry Legend. First thing I think about with Larry Legend is that, that um, Atlanta Hawks game where he had their whole bench dying laughing because he was just out yeah. there drawing. Um, yeah. That's the one thing I think of. But that, that quote, what I saw that quote, I'm coach, I saw like, everybody on that bench, man. Yeah. They was when on I that, saw that quote, giving y'all numbers. And y'all up here cheering yo, for first, him, baby. First thing I thought of when I saw that quote is, yo, what kind of life is Pat Riley living where he's betting his life on jump shots? I just want to know. Pat Riley looks like the type of Who's gotten in some sticky situations before? <laughs> Yo, Pat, what are you into, B? Like, what what are you into? Like, what you doing with your free time that you betting your life on jump shots, cuz? I mean, Pat Riley looked like he might have, you know, hung out with in in Vegas with Sam Rothstein and them a couple times. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no doubt. He definitely looked like one of them dudes. All right, so the stat of the week, and, and we mentioned this earlier, but for the people who has haven't seen parts one and two of The Last Dance yet. Um, I don't know what you're waiting for, but we all, we talked about it earlier, how Scottie Pippen wasn't really paid in commensurate with his level in the league. So Scottie Pippen going into that final Bulls championship season was the 122nd highest paid player in the NBA. Um, I think Phil hyped it a little bit when he said he was and he was the second best player in the league. I don't think Scotty was ever the second best player in the league, but he's definitely been in the top five at some point, top ten at a lot of points. He shouldn't be the hundred and twenty second highest paid player in the league. A lot of the reason that he was though was his fault. So in some way it's kinda of hard to feel sorry for him because and and our four decades of watching NBA basketball, Jim, how many times have you ever seen an NBA franchise rip up a contract because somebody, quote, unquote, outperformed their contract and gave somebody more money? Like, you don't really see that in basketball. Yeah, That's a you don't happen. That don't happen. And the, thing, yeah, the crazy cool. part is to make it, to, to be honest with you, when, when thinking about that situation, Scotty basically took a gamble and lost because – he had no idea the league salaries would explode the way they did for one, and he was and he was banking. Said, he, he was he, he, be that type of part of a six-time champion. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he didn't bet on himself. He he took a long-term deal of for smaller money, but a longer term because he was worried about security, and right. you know not to turn this into no 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 uh, no no um kind of motivational speech, but the, at the end of the day, it's like he's operating from the standpoint of scarcity. When you grow up and you don't have much. It's yeah. just like, yo, you operating from a standpoint of scarcity, I'm going to take this guarantee as opposed to trying to, you know, do what Bron does. Yo, Bron be signing 22-day contracts so he can re-up again. <laughs> now, the thing is, now, the thing is, if you get hurt or something happens, that can work against you. But, yo, if that, if, if that could actually work against you, if you get hurt, that can literally work against you. But you're betting on yourself. That's what you're betting on when you do that. So, um, and and, and if know. anybody can do it, LeBron can because he's a damn cyborg. Like last season was the first time he missed substantial time, and I don't even really think he had to. I just think he made He was in a situation last year where the Lakers didn't have the roster yet 
that was ready to compete for a championship. So he's like, I'm not going to go kill myself for, you know, my last two or three years for a team that's not even going to really do anything. I, I don't if, – if Anthony Davis is on that team, if they had this roster this season, last season, LeBron would have been back way earlier than he came back. Dude's a side Yo, board. what happens to contracts? If, if the whole season is ended and we don't get a champion this year, we move to the next year, what happens to contracts? Like, is it considered a year played? Or, oh, no. We got to get C.J. McCollum like, on, on the show. He seems to know everything. <laughs> He knows what everybody's got. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of players yeah. mad at him right now because of the stuff he's been saying publicly. He's like, yeah, yeah, most he of these guys, <laughs> yeah, he like most of these guys, you know, they can't afford to take care of themselves during this whole quarantine. I'm like, damn, CJ. You he probably did it on purpose because they probably, they, they probably was calling him asking him for bread. He was like, I'm going to squash all that because I'm, I'm going to let you know what's going on with your business out there. All right, so – um. Real quick, because we, we're about to talk some, some football with Fred. I guess we could do – I don't know. We, ground topic ain't really exciting. It's up to you. Nah. Yeah. Let's just, All right. let's just well, get to the draft, man, and see where we go from there. This date in sports history, we got to say this, man, that we've been talking a lot of basketball greats, and we always talk about how his name gets left out. So this week – in this date in sports history, April 23rd, 1989 – Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played in his last game in the NBA for the Los Angeles Lakers. The end of at at that period, I guess, in 89, had to be arguably between him and Bill Russell, the end of the greatest basketball career that anybody had ever seen, right? Had to be yeah. at that point. Yeah, 89. Yeah. Like I said, but like right now, between individual awards, it's still like him and Mike, as far as individual accomplishments, like they neck and neck. They pretty much neck and, and neck. And the crazy part is, Kareem is it's so interesting to me because Kareem dominated at every level. Kareem was the best high school player in the country, the best college player in the country, oh, yeah, the best pro yeah. in the country. It's like, yo, his numbers. And the crazy part is, when you look at his UCLA career, it's probably even more impressive than his pro career. And he, the only reason he didn't win four chips, the only reason he didn't win four chips is because he wasn't allowed to play as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So salute to the so, God, Cap. He could have been like the Bull Moses. He's lucky they lucky Kareem ain't leave you at this freshman year and start selling drugs. You're not gonna let me think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. He could have left it this summer. Um all yo, right, so uh, that's like a that's like a complete extreme though. Like, yo, you know what? I can't play. All right. I'm gonna go buy some right. coke. We'll get, Damn. We'll get on my Pee Wee Kirkland. All right, so y'all y'all know uh, what the, the the deal. Check out our website at worldroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about the NFL draft, the NFL draft only, dial the digital exchange tech hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you already listened on your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And we do see we do have some callers on the line. We will get to you callers in a second. So have your draft topics keyed up. We cannot keep people long because we're not staying here uh, for our usual allotted time. But we're going to get the homie Fred Perdue on the line, our college football and just football period extraordinaire. Um, This is always a great time for Fred because, you know, he knows everything about these dudes who are getting drafted. So uh, let's get him on the line now. Fred, what's going on, good brother? Fellas, what's going on? Long time no talk. How y'all doing? Good, man. I know this is your wheelhouse. I told Are you Fred, a Bucks fan now or no? 
Man, you know what? You know who I'm a fan of. That dude that went to Tampa made his decision. I don't care about him no more. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. He talking. can come back. He can come back and retire at any time. But that's all. One day contract on. He he's gonna sign a one day when it's time. There's, oh, there's yeah. no way time is just gonna let that go. Um, but yeah, like I said, this 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 is your wheelhouse, man. You know, you got all of these guys about to make that transition from uh, college to the pros. So let's get right into some stuff. I got some topics, some questions for you. You know, we'll probably go for like the next 20 minutes and we out of here. You know, these quarantine shows, we don't go two hours on these quarantine shows, but it's a big night. We got the NFL draft here. Um, real quick, before we do start that, I just got to let you guys know, uh, if you need a, a, a website for your business, you can get that from Digital Extreme Technologies. Um Make sure you hit them because financing options are available. Just visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. For those discounted rates, be sure to let them know that the guys over at War Room Sports sent you. So first question we got for you, Fred, because we know, and and I'm not saying it like I disagree with you because most of the time when we talk about this, I definitely agree. But you have gotten a reputation as Mr. Anti-running back, especially in the first round. But there's somebody in this draft. I I, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you, you know, you never really think there's any running backs worthy of a first-round pick. Do you think there's one worthy of a first-round pick in this draft? There's one. I rarely ever have prospect crushes. But and I, and I want to say. I didn't hear you talk like this about Saquon. Probably yeah, I didn't talk about Saquon like this. I never I never talk about running backs like this. I'm okay if a good team says I'll trade back into the first round at the very back end. If you're just a you're a team, let's say you're the Packers and we're we're in win now mode and we have all the pieces, by all means go ahead and do it. But if you're a struggling team and you're at the top of the draft, don't do that. Bad mm-hmm. idea. But this class is loaded, again, with running backs. I love the fact that running backs are coming back. I, so I, just, I think it's more so my opinion on running backs comes from when you have to pay them. You have to pay them later, and you have to pay them after five years of just running them in the ground, and they just typically doesn't work out. So, yeah. But for me, I have one running back that I have in particular that I am just I'm smitten with. And that is one Jonathan Taylor, uh, Wisconsin running back, 5'10 and a half, 226 pounds. He ran a 4'39. He has over 6,000 yards in three seasons. His only, the only chink in his armor uh, was that he just didn't catch the football. And, well, they don't throw the football to the running backs at Wisconsin. Well, he, he checked that box off, too. He was targeted 27 times. He had 26 catches. And the only uh, incompletion was it wasn't really his fault. The quarterback threw it in a spot where he caught it, but it was out of bounds. So wow. it, I mean, it was one of those how it's a catch, but it's not a catch. So I'm okay with it. I mean, he is a dominant running back. When I see my comp for him for for the the non college people out there, think Ezekiel Elliott with with a little extra burst. Hey, that's speak. speak that's that's that's. That's, without that's, that's without the titty grabbing, without the titty grabbing, <laughs> without the titty grabbing, <laughs> yeah, without the yeah, yeah. 
penis water guns with his teammates. Yeah, yeah. He's not jumping in. He's not. He's not jumping in the pot and all of. Nah, nah. He's not doing any of that. No, but you talked about his only non-catch was the actual catch out of bounds. Hey, we we you and I talked offline for a minute about um the homie CD. <laughs> what, what is his real name? Sidarian. Yeah, it, it's something Darian. that you want to be called CD. You do want to yeah. be called CD. Yeah. Yeah, his, his parents basically set him up. But um, C.D. Lamb, uh, Oklahoma, um, one of his greatest highlights was actually uh, a pass that he caught with one hand out of bounds. Uh-huh. And But they keep it on his highlight tapes. It was that spectacular. It wasn't even a real completion, but they keep it on there. So, hey, if, <laughs> if, 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 if one of your highlights is you catching the rock out of bounds, if you got to say 27 for 27, and you got to use that to say that your hands are great. By all means, do what you got to do. But while we are speaking about C.D. Lamb, um, we heard a rumor earlier, uh, Jimmy and I, about the Philadelphia Eagles being interested in moving up to six in a trade with the San Diego Chargers to get C.D. Lamb. Um, I think it's contingent on whether or not the cornerback that the uh, San Diego Chargers want, if he's still there at six, then I don't think there's a, a deal. And and that quarter cornerback is Aduka. Um, is yeah, uh, Jeffrey Okuda, Jeffrey Aduka yeah. from from uh, Ohio State. Uh, if he's there, like I said, if he's there at six for them to grab, then then no deal. But we we're I, hearing I don't want to if bust he's your not there, then they're going to be willing to trade back and let the Eagles come up. And they're supposedly going to grab CeeDee Lamb. So wh- what are your thoughts on that, moving up that early in a draft for a wide receiver? I've seen it only one other time for who, the Atlanta Falcons moved up to go get Julio Jones. Julio Jones. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how this is going – you'd have to trade the house to make this happen. One, I'm going to blow this whole thing up so before we ever get there, Jeffrey Okuda is gone before he ever gets to six. He's gone at three. So as, with the Detroit Lions, which I think is a bad move. I won't say – actually – No, but no. Fred, it's a that lot of blow it up. That actually activates it. If he's not there for them to pick on their own, then they mm. claim that this trade is going to happen. So that doesn't blow it up. That activates it. Uh, I, I don't see it's the rumor is true. to trade that much for a wide receiver because you'd have to go from 21 to 6. The amount of draft picks you'd have to mortgage for next year and this year, I'm not, I'm not on board. <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm not on board with that, name. especially with the, the issues that, the, that you guys have, whether it's at linebacker, whether it's at – at defensive back, and God knows you guys have issues at defensive back. Uh, you guys need that help. So um, I I would stand pat where you guys are. I mean, there's you can this wide receiver class is very loaded. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if we so I don't I, I would definitely not go that far because it is a deep wide receiver class. But I think at this point, Howie Roseman is tired of missing. And 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 I don't you know you still got to give people a chance. I'm not even calling Arthur Whiteside a miss, but you know there was a lot to to it was a lot that he left to be seen from last season. Like he really has to improve, and that's why I think at this point 
I don't think if he plays the way they expected him to play last season, they wouldn't be this desperate for a wide receiver. Now, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't make this move, but I guarantee you that Eagles fans are good with it. But you know how fans are. Everything is 2020 because last season when they got Whiteside, everybody was excited. Now, all you hear in Philadelphia, oh, man, he a bum. Uh, Howie don't know what he's doing. But when you when you made the pick, everybody was on Howie's job. Uh, you know, Wide receiver next to quarterback is the hardest position to transition to in the NFL. And, and the all, Eagles always miss when they when they reach high. Yeah, not all, yeah. most of the time they miss. Um, yeah, I mean, arguably the best receiver you guys have drafted lately, and and it's been a while, was probably Deshaun Jackson. And he, was a second round, and he was a second round pick and, and God no, I'm not going to say he's just some great wide receiver but he's been very productive over he's the been years. productive in the league I don't think he adds anything to winning personally he has, a, he has a role especially now with the way spread offenses are he has a role and he especially can do things when you're fast like that. You, can't <laughs> you can't keep his kind of speed so it's kind of hamstring pops either You know, I've always been cool on the show I mean, it's nice to have him when you have him But a lot of people put too much stock into having him And any team who has had him over the past decade Will tell you that you don't really have him when you have him Because he doesn't play full seasons It's just not in his makeup Alright, so... um, before you kind of move on, I will say you do have some wiggle room with this whole wide receiver thing because a guy like Justin Jefferson, who was the uh, was the, on a, on the receiving end of a ton of catches from the my presumed number one overall pick Joe uh, Joe Burrow, uh, he's going to be available. I don't think I'd take him in the first round, but maybe the second round if you can maneuver that. Uh, if you don't get him. There's other options like Brandon Ayuk, who I think from Arizona State, he has a chance to be a, a big-time first-round pick. Uh, he's a little raw, but he's a guy that you can you can mold into what you want him to be. Uh, yeah, you, one Michael Pittman. Who are you taking the more Aguilars? <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's not an Aguilar. He's not an Aguilar. Or one of my personal favorites, Michael Pittman Fred, Jr. Don't get yes. Get what I'm saying. Ayuk, <laughs> no, no Aguilars. But let me ask you something about quarterbacks real quick, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we know everybody's consensus. We know which one is going first. We know Joe Burrows is going to go first. It's either right one, though. So what are what are your thoughts? I'm I'm talking Joe Burrow and Tua. Who do you think has more potential to have um a successful career in the NFL. I mean, they both they both may end up successful, but who do you think has the higher ceiling? We'll say it that way. My guy has been. I have had a proven product for roughly two and a half years now. I've seen him do it week in and week out, regardless if it's Alabama or not. Tua Tonga Viola is the better quarterback, and I will put it this way for for the NFL fan, right? He's Russell Wilson athletically. He's Drew Brees in the pocket. If you can marry those quarterbacks together, their skill sets, that's what you're getting. And his anticipation is second to none. I've seen this dude throw a guy over, throw a you rough. You can't throw slants open, and you can't on an RP. It's just not physically possible. 
before I've seen plays from this guy where he's able to just know what's going to happen before it happens. He looks off safeties like he's a pro. He can make every throw in the book. Yes, he had the four best receivers in college football. He probably plays on the most talented team in the in college football. But you don't step in as a freshman and win a national championship. You don't get back to a national championship, albeit a loss. And then you don't come within, what, a game, two games of going right back to that same national championship. With, after battling injuries, the whole After season. battling injuries. You don't just say, hey, Jalen Hurts, I know you've been here for a couple of years. You got to go because I'm that guy. You don't – you're not that – if you have to be elite good, I think Tua coming into the league, if he's healthy, he's a top 20 quarterback by the time his rookie season's over because I really hey. think he's, he's that type of good. He's that type of special I don't ever call guys special at quarterback often. He's that guy. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow isn't not, good. Not since Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Teddy got paid. Teddy got paid. But, hey, based off of what I we mean, know. Yeah, you know, he managed five good games. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm he did what he had to do. Hey, uh, he, but, he definitely did. I'm not saying Joe Burrow isn't a good quarterback. But the questions I had about him are still there. He stunk it up his his first year starting. And then you brought in an NFL system, uh, partly NFL system, and he, he grasped it. But he's also 23. Lamar, he's older than Lamar Jackson now. And you're not going to get as much out of him as far as time played. You're not going to get that time. So I get that. And I and, – for me, when I look at Joe Burrow, I see, I see a lot of Tony Romo. And before you call me crazy, Tony Romo was a half decent quarterback for about 58 minutes of every game. He kept you in every I'm game. Not, I'm not the one. So, I, I, so what I'm you're saying Tony is, Romo. so what you're saying is, um, Joe Burrow should get drafted and then start calling the games. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that could happen one day. That, that really could happen one day. Who knows? Um, I mean, but for me, the only problem, I selfishly, I don't want Tua to go number one. I never did because he's, he'd be going to a, a an organization that has culture issues. And I'm not talking black, white culture issues. I'm talking like there's no winning there. Loser culture. There's no, <laughs> yeah, loser culture. I mean, AJ Green's 31. He's AJ Green is is on his last legs. I mean, when wide receivers start having ankle problems and other leg problems, and they're in their prime, mm, problem. You you have a decent running back, but your offensive line is not so great. Your defense is not so great. So he's going to have to be expected to carry a team. And for me, my number one rule: if you're drafting a quarterback, number one, two, three, four, however high within that top ten. If you if you are smart, you have a guy in place, a bridge guy that can a la Alex Smith for Pat Mahomes. Carson Palmer had uh, had somebody in front of him, so you know you have a guy that you can one learn from, learn all his mistakes, but you can see the game from a coach's eyes, but then come back and have that experience and be ready to come back the following year or in blowout situations and get that experience versus my old offensive line is terrible. I don't have anybody around me. I have to force a ton of plays. I got to throw 20 interceptions. And now my psyche's just shot. 
Now I've wasted $30 million on a quarterback and I got to do this whole process over again in five years. All right. Let me go to, uh, we got, you know, Rob out in Cali. Um, We're going to go because we don't have that many minutes left. So we're going to go to quick calls. Rob, we got two minutes, man. We can't talk over two minutes. Keep it short. Right? Hang up on people. <laughs> Rob, what's going on, man? We're talking NFL draft. What's good, y'all? How y'all doing today? Good. How are you? What's your thoughts on the draft? I'm good, man. I just I, I just want to say good shout out to Fred. Good to hear you, man. I see you ain't like doing like the other dudes doing Florida. You know how y'all weird out there, something in the water. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I can't oh, Lamar said. Oh, but, hey, how oh, y'all doing? Hashtag Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. You know, so, where, 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 I'll just ask you straight away. Where, where do you want the Eagles to go? I know you heard me talking about the rumor about moving up to take a wide receiver. Would you be cool if they did that? Um, no, I think, I think throughout the whole, the whole off season, it's clear that they want a rebuild mode, how they're going about it. I have no, I, I think how Rose Mosman, you know, uh, cheese slipped off his cracker, you know what I'm saying? No pun intended. Um, I, I don't know. I think they, I think they should just stay and get either uh, the, the best position we need, which is, you know, wide receiver. However, you know, However, if they want to trade back to get more picks, it depends how how bad or what position they can trade down and get. Because the best receivers are really somewhat not in the first round. However, it does you know if you see a guy that could potentially be like a stud, just take him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So you think the Eagles are in rebuild mode? I think I think they're more trying to reload. I I still think they view themselves as contenders. I, I mean, if they in rebuild mode, I mean, to let a guy like Nate, Nigel Bradman go, who's a vet, and and, and I don't know, but to, to draft, you know, what I think is going to ha- what I would like to happen is them trade back, and one of the one of the picks they get to trade back, they'll package a deal. They not only get a wide receiver. They'll probably Patrick a deal to get a cheap price to get um what's his name Jamal Adams from the Jets because he wants out. Having the Cowboys game is not gonna look make the good make us look really good make them look really good. So I and, and he and how he has ties to the Jets. So you know with with the dude that went there, even though he didn't help out help us out at all. But uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see how it goes down, Rob. We we about to be out of here. We're not going the whole two tonight, so we only got a couple minutes left. So we're gonna let Fred uh, rock out. So we'll wrap to you next week, uh, and we'll talk yep, about what yep, they ended yep. up doing. All right, huh? And and, and, and I want to say, everybody, whichever running backs get drafted the first round is gonna be good because every time Fred makes his proclamation, we see running back after running back, whether it be Ezekiel Elliott, the dude for the Titans, to be, come to stars, be fair, so. Rob. To be fair, he never said that those running backs wouldn't be good. Yeah, he just said it's a reason to draft them in the first round, especially in the league that's not even utilizing running backs the way they do. And even the teams that utilize them, like you said, you're going to pick them that high, you're going to run them in the ground, and because of their draft position and because of their production, they're going to try to stick you up for crazy money in the long run. So that that's what he's saying. He's not saying they aren't going to be good. 
But, but just stick on the line and listen for the last few minutes. We'll holler at you next week, man. Thanks for your call. Appreciate I, it. I listen to y'all. I won't listen to Fred. Peace. Whoa. I come okay. on. I come on. Like, it's good to hear you. Troll, he come on. Like, it's good troll. to hear you, Fred. And then he leaves and dishes. <laughs> He's such a troll. He's such a troll. It's okay. So, it's okay. Real quick, before you, you know, we'll let you end it on whatever topic you want to bring up. I just want to ask you one more question about tight end depth and is there any in this draft? Um, I'm definitely asking this from sort of a selfish place because I really do think that there's a chance that Zach Ertz gets moved, you know, some sometime in this draft. Um, I don't want that to happen, but if the right deal comes and you have to do what you got to do, but you would still need some depth there, even behind a Dallas Goddard. Is there any tight end depth in this draft? Uh, there's a little tight end depth, but it's very, very slim pickings. And next year will be the tight end class. But Cole Kimmett from Notre Dame, uh, I actually thought he would be a good fit for New England. Uh, he fits what they tend to like, a tall pass catcher, not really a blocking kind of guy. Uh, Alberto from from Missouri, I actually thought if he came out last year, he would have been a first-round pick. His numbers weren't all that great. Granted, he had a quarterback who was not a great passer of the football, so that doesn't help. But then at the same time, his his combine numbers were really good. He ran a 4 4 that always makes everyone just look at a tight end kind of crazy. Uh, but he's not a great hands catcher. And I always look at those guys. If you're not going to block anybody, you better be able to catch the football going over the middle. Uh, Harrison Bryant from, from FAU. He, uh, he's, he's the wild card in this, uh, six foot four, 245 pounds, runs a four, seven decent hands. He's not a blocker. None of these guys are blockers. That's the thing you're going to, the old idea of what tight ends used to be that you can pretty much throw that out of the window. Those guys don't exist anymore for the most part. Like, uh, the only time they're blocking is downfield after the catches. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not. You don't. You don't see it. the last of the really good blocking tight ends. That ends with guys like Gronk. I've always said Gronk was probably the best blocking tight end. He's essentially an extra offensive lineman, and it showed. Uh, <laughs> a guy like a like a Kyle Rudolph. Those guys will block, but for the most part, the today's tight end looks like Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham. So if you're okay Back with in the that, day when I played football. Tight ends went in the same meeting room as as the offensive linemen. When's the last time you think that happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> When's the last exactly. time you think a tight end attended an offensive lineman? Right, exactly. So, look, so we 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 going off the air at seven thirty five. So you got five minutes. Topics yours, or you know whatever points you know last points you want to make about the draft. Whatever topic you want to wrap um, wrap on for a couple of minutes. You got five minutes. You got the floor. Ooh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Okay, so defensively, defensively, I love this class as far as the defensive side of the ball. Isaiah Simmons, I've been uh, – he's the other, on the other side of the ball. He's the guy that I've really wanted to – I dug into his film. He's a guy that – he's played like four positions. I mean, he can play on the D-line. He can play safety, that, that star position, that nickel corner. That He's like a really a, a hybrid kind of guy. He's going to be the wild card in all of this. Where does he go? I mean, he could go anywhere from Detroit. He could go somewhere like 
uh, the Chargers. That would be an interesting situation. Uh, you could easily go to the Carolina Panthers where they want. They just lost a guy in Luke Keekley, and you could insert him there. He can play all three linebacker spots. I mean, he is a freak of nature type of guy. He, I've always leery about a guy that doesn't really have a position, but you know, it's one of those things that you're going to have to live with it, and you'll have to find a guy that's a, a coordinator that's creative enough to use him and not pigeonhole him into say, oh, he's a he's a weak side linebacker. And he's going to have to play. He's just going to play against. He's going to play the run and he'll play in pass coverage. He's the guy that guards the, the Gronks of the world, the Travis Kelsey's of the world. He's that guy on third down. Who's going to get a, he's going to make a play. Uh, we, you guys talk about uh, the, the, the war in the trenches, the offensive mm-hmm. line. That's what wins you Super Bowls. I really like this offensive line class and it starts uh, with Andrew Thomas who I have a sneaky suspicion. I'm not making any, I don't have any inside information, none whatsoever, but I have a very sneaky suspicion that that one Andrew Thomas will end up in Tampa helping out Tom Brady and protecting him. Uh, He's the best pro ready guy. Uh, he, I mean, he's a he's played in the pro style offense yeah, at Georgia. Rookie in front of time, terrific at forty three. Yeah, but he's he's ready. He's really ready, and I I've seen him for three years. He's one of the top guys coming out of high school. He was ready from as as a freshman, uh, and I, I really he he's good in pass pro, but he's really nasty in the run game. So even if he doesn't work out at tackle, you can slide him right inside at guard, and he'll be just fine. The other tackle that really is. He he's got he caught my attention when Miami the Miami Hurricanes played Louisville is Makai Becton. Uh, he's really 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 big. Uh, he is one of those guys that he doesn't look like ever, any other offensive lineman that you've ever seen, and that's because he's about six seven like three hundred and fifty pounds, and he by the way runs like a four nine. So he's really he's agile, but he's Bye, raw as. He's he's agile, but he's also really raw as a blocker, and I would probably not want him on the left side ever. He's a right tackle all day, every day, and that will probably push him down. But his comp is Trent Brown, who was the left tackle for the Patriots uh, the year uh, two years ago. He's now with the Raiders. So if you want to go see what what Mackay Becton would look like, that's what he looks like as a player. He, well, Fred, he has, what's up, Jimmy? Well, Fred. Not to cut you off, because I know we do got to move on, because we got to get out of here real fast. But I just have one last question for you. Um, considering everything going on and how they have to rely on technology, will this have a negative effect on any team? You think? Um, considering what they have to go through to draft, they don't have their traditional war rooms, and who who's going to suffer because of this, if if anybody? I don't think the teams will suffer as much. I mean, you you have to remember the scouting process goes. It, it's been going on for the last two years essentially for a lot of these players and they've had all the contact. Yeah. You don't get to see the pro days and the workouts, but film doesn't lie. And all of the pro days and the combine, that's just verification of athletic skill. If I turn on the tape and I see a guy, he look he ran a four or five, but he looks faster on film. That just makes me go back and look at the film. Who, who would yeah, You know what though? There, there, there's usually always a couple guys that because of pro days and, and all the other things yeah. that happen in between them, that start to slip, like go up and, you know, the Mike Mahomes yeah. of the world who come from Agreed. nowhere and all of a sudden they're like the top ten pick. Agreed. And I think – and to answer the other half of your question, the guy that will get hurt the most isn't a first, second, third, or even fourth-round pick. 
it's those guys that are fifth to seventh round picks who they get they have to get extra scouting. They have to have everything looked at them way more than everyone else, and you're having to re-verify. And let's say a guy, if, if I'm a team and I say, well, I identified you, Jimmy, as a guy that can be, I could have you in the fifth round, but I could also wait on you and not draft you and because no one else is possibly, everyone else is waiting on you. And we'll say we'll wait on you to be an undrafted free agent. One, I don't have to pay you as much. Two, I can get you on a shorter contract. And, yeah, if you hit, you're going to get a payday. But that's also the business side of this whole drafting thing. Waiting, see, You're wanting to get the most value with the most for the pick that you're getting or the undrafted free agent that you're getting. And I think that's going to yeah. hurt the guys that don't get drafted. Those guys getting into camps because they don't have – any contact and they don't have anything to show. And then what happens if there's no OTAs or anything, you're going to have an issue of getting, just getting in front of guys. Yeah. Dev, do you remember uh, Mike Mamula? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mike Mamula was the yeah, greatest I remember underwear Olympic. Yo, yo <laughs> I remember like, and they came back from his pro day and it was like on the front page of the paper here in Philly, how like, yo, they were talking about his bench presses and his squats. And I'm like, yo, can he play football? <laughs> nothing, nothing was about football. his he football. He was trash. It was, all about his, it was all about his bench presses. I'm like, so he moves all the way up into the first round because he has a mean bench press. I'm like, that's a crazy – I always remember that. So. And got on the field and, anyway, and couldn't man. push nobody. You know, and you would think, you would think God, that oh, teams God. would learn from that. But then you see guys like uh, Vernon Golston who got drafted by the Jets like 2005, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, he, he lasted all of, what, a year or two, and they cut him. Ja'Kai Polite last year. He, they oh, coaches, the, the, are, coaches are arrogant. So coaches feel like, give me the best athlete, and I'll coach him. Brother up. Polite. Just give me an amazing athlete, and I'll coach him. He's <laughs> a brother Polite. <laughs> give me an amazing athlete. Give me an amazing athlete, and I'll coach him up. That's how they feel. So it's all coaches. But anyway, man, we got to get out of here, man, because we got to get ready for this draft. I'm looking Thank forward you, to seeing Fred. how they we use the technology. You. Thank sure, you, Fred. For sure. for sure, guys. No doubt. All right, man. It's, ready. it's time to get out of here, man. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, those in the group chat. We appreciate it. Um, the, the couple calls we did get, we appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us. A special thanks to Fred for joining us to talk about this draft. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch you up on everything happening in the world of sports, whatever that is in this crazy world today. Um, so we have no idea what that'll be, but it'll probably revolve around this pandemic. So until then, enjoy your weekend. The start of next week. Please stay safe out there, everybody. Be considerate of others, and we'll see you right back here next time. Catch everything we do, all of our content, our social media links. Everything can be found at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. You can get my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com, or also at that hub of warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top.
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.